even with finances, like there will be a natural ebb and flow and there will be periods of influx and yeah. outflux. Like it's just going yeah. to happen. And I think that panicking during the moments when it's not all coming mm -hmm. in, that is something that I have definitely worked on. That's Ann Watson. I'm Kara Duffy. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. Let's tell everyone who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Who the heck are you? So <laughs> I am uh, Ann Watson, and I live in Fallbrook, California, which is um, sort of rural northern San Diego County. Um, I live out here in the boondocks, uh, in the boonies, I should say, on a farm. I have a little uh, five-acre ranch called the Watson Ranch. And um, it is here that all my various things, I, I am a woman who wears many hats. <laughs> it is yeah. never just, no two days ever look the same. And everything sort of comes out of this ranch. It's either, um, I, I do wine growing, um, which we can talk about, Watson Ranch Vineyards. Um, I am also a food photographer and a chef, um, sort of culinary world expert, if you will. And so that's sort of a big passion and probably my main business, actually. It's called Ann Watson Content Development. But I do that all here out of, I'm actually in my my home office and prop closet right now that I use for food photography. But I have a home studio as well, studio kitchen. Um, and then I'm also a yogini. Uh, yogi is what most people, yogini is the female. I am a female embodied <laughs> person in this lifetime. Um, but yeah, yogini who uh, practices meditation and I'm a Reiki master. So I have Watson Wellness as my third business and I have a healing space here on my property. And I do that as well. So like I, I said, <laughs> and I'm a mom. I have a 10 year old son who is a heavy metal guitarist and uh that is, yeah, a whole other part of the conversation. <laughs> well, that's actually the one I want to jump into first because awesome. I've been watching you guys on Instagram <laughs> going so to fun. Metallica concerts. Oh, my God. And so yes. you guys are having so much fun. Yes. I am envious. <laughs> I'm like, how do I get on one of those next trips? Because they're having way <laughs> too much fun together. And to see a mom supporting her son's, like, passion and interest and how mm. excited he is about it um it's just so cool to see like the the level of fun mm. and excitement at least through the instagram world is level yeah. 200 um so how has that been how did that start and is it as amazing as it looks okay i absolutely love you for starting with this because <laughs> this is seriously it's so fun because i find this to be it is a part of my life that has emerged recently that is unexpected in the best of ways. And this is sort of it, and it ties together, oh God, just so many parts of my life. But okay, yes, it is level, it's like level 7,000. It's so <laughs> much fun. And if you want to join the next trip, we are literally flying to Detroit next week. <laughs> I love it. Because we're insane. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm taking him, there are, two Metallica shows that they're closing out their 2023 U.S. tour 
in Detroit um, on the 10th and the 12th, I believe. So we're going the 9th through the 13th to Detroit, which happens to be where I was born and raised outside of Detroit. So it's not too weird to go to Detroit. <laughs> it's still pretty weird. Still pretty crazy. And uh, I literally sold a car so that I could make this trip happen. <laughs> I love that. It's so fun. Cause so, yeah, okay. Metallica for sure is a big, you know, we're, we're metalheads, but music in general, um, I guess I can kind of back it up. Um, a huge part of my story, which is very personal, but I'm extremely open about um, speaking about um, because it's been such an impetus for all the various areas of my life and growing and, and where I am now is that um, I actually lost my husband to cancer. Um, it will be three years already, gosh, next February. And um, yeah, he passed in 2021, right, you know, at the tail end of the pandemic. And so my mm -hmm. goodness, I mean, talk about, uh, I don't know. There's a book I'm reading right now, and it's so beautiful. It's actually called Yoga and the Dark Night of the Soul. Oh, that sounds people, so interesting. I highly recommend it. I mean, it's just so beautiful. And what it talks about, it, it's, um, every page I'm reading, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because it talks about how like the darkest times of our life often are the times that um, offer the biggest opportunity for growth if mm -hmm. we're open to it, if we don't resist it. And, um, and that oddly, they can become dare I say, gifts, because if yep. you, again, are open to the change that these dark times can bring, um, at the end of it, there is light. And so that's sort of where I am. And so uh, my son was uh, seven years old when my husband passed and when he was eight, right? So my son just turned 10 two weeks mm -hmm. ago. So two years ago, my son discovered School of Rock, we we were driving through Temecula and he was like, what is that place? That looks amazing. And I was like, I, I don't know. Let's go check it out. Anyways, he, he found his people. He found his <laughs> calling. He found his thing. It's like school, school, not mm -hmm. his thing. School of rock, his thing. And yeah. um, music. And again, being like in the world of healing and uh, this is kind of mm -hmm. how it ties it all together like vibrational healing and sound healing is something i do i'm like music is healing yeah. and it has been this unbelievable way that my child has found to move through his own grief is to write music and like let it out i mean he plays yes. metal because i think there's so much anger and frustration and like i don't yeah. know i don't shy away from big emotions it's like that's part yeah. of this whole thing and so yeah he writing his own music playing it finding people he can make music mm -hmm. with collaborating that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that was already happening but what i really saw was like okay now metallica's on tour yeah. <laughs> and, and i'm gonna take my kid and introduce so his very first in-person concert ever was literally just this last august we went to see metallica in los angeles at sofi stadium and it changed everything like it was like mm -hmm. i saw this light mm -hmm. in my child just oh my gosh this is it yeah. this is it i have felt like not only have i found my people but i have found this world where it's like he just he comes alive is all i can mm -hmm. describe but yet it's so fascinating watching my kid because now 
like I said, I'm like, I'm selling cars to like take him to the we go <laughs> front row. Like I'm like, we need to be up there with the band because I want him to see their fingers and watch them play. Because what he does is I'm there. I, they've been my favorite band since I was 13. So like I'm headbanging and going nuts and like being a total <laughs> lunatic. My uh -huh. kid, like some people look at him and they're like, is he even having fun? Like he doesn't, mm. he's barely moved because he's just absorbing like yep. everything. And so we enjoy it very differently. <laughs> um, but it's been so fun. So yeah, we've done Metallica and we did like the Power Trip Festival. We went out for three days and saw Iron Maiden and ACDC and Tool and oh my gosh. And yeah. And now we've started going to smaller shows as well. Like we uh -huh. just went to a punk show over the weekend in Garden Grove and saw one of his favorite new bands called Auto. And um, and then we'll go to Metallica. And I, I'm trying, yeah, December, we're going to go to a couple of smaller shows at House of Blues and Mm -hmm. it's just so fun, but he can see himself on stage and whether or not that happens, I am yeah. completely detached from it. Like, that's not the point. The point yeah. is just to live and experience this. And yeah. So, so that is our musical journey and I'm all for it. I know. Yeah. I have a lot. It's it. very sweet. I have a lot of guys. It's mostly men actually who will write me messages on Instagram just being like, you have no idea how much I wish I had had this when yeah. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, that like my parents took my Metallica CDs away and threatened to like, you know, yeah. destroy them. And and the, like, yeah. So it's funny because what a gift. It's just a gift. It's mm -hmm. yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> well for a sidebar, my sister is a singer songwriter and been no making her album. She has a EP out and has been working in the studio more. Um Ooh. so there could oh, be a potential totally um pop into a studio day that we can oh, create as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. This is what he's <laughs> like right now. It's very sweet. All he wanted for his 10th birthday, I noticed. I was like, ah, we're switching from the child into like preteen because yeah. no toys. There were no toys on the wish list. It was just like, oh my gosh, mom, if I could get this connector cable that can connect this foot switch to the amp. And then if I can get this like <laughs> cool thing for the microphone stand, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> shifted. And it's so cute because he does. He has one of his best buddies happens to be our neighbor who's 13 years old. He'll be 14 in December and is a self-taught drummer. Perfect. And they jam to get, like has played drums for her five years now because he started when he was eight and is amazing absolutely amazing drummer yeah. and so it's so sweet because russell's been recording their jam sessions but he just puts his yeah. ipad down by the amp yeah. and it's like oh my god you can barely <laughs> so yeah real studio that's wow yeah. that would be how cool that your sister does that yeah. i love that what kind of music yes. does she uh, all yeah. like all different kinds, kind of like pop rocky things. Cool. Um, but she's also an audio engineer. So she's the, the engineer for this podcast. So oh, beautiful. I'm sure Hi. I have equipment at my house <laughs> that he would be jealous to have because oh, it's the same stuff to record. Of course it is. Yeah. This versus uh, album. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so, it's so weird. The universe is amazing. Cause I literally this morning woke up. This is so strange. And I had a note, like a reminder, cause my son has guitar lessons this afternoon. And I literally had this thought. I went, I wonder if School of Rock would ever offer like, like an audio engineering kind of yeah. class or seminar. Anyways, all right, that's a sidebar. Yeah. We'll definitely have to talk. Yes. I'm like maybe we <laughs> sign my son up for a lesson or something. And yeah, mm -hmm. oh, that would be. So I think she'd cool. get a kick out of it. 
I'm sure she's listening. She'll be listening to this replay to edit it. Being like, oh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. My son would love to meet you. (laughs) Well, I love to come back to you and all the amazing things that you're doing. Thank you. And you are doing a lot. Like even on your website, there's three key, key pillars of the things you're doing. And I think it's so great that you're just showing up and saying like, this is all the things I do. How do you want to hang out? Um, <laughs> if we go back to eight-year-old you, would she have imagined that you have these three parts of your life, that you're living in Fallbrook today? Like, is this the life that you had imagined? So interesting. No, I don't think she would have even dreamed uh I, well, I was about to say even dream this big. That's not true. I've always been a big dreamer. But um, eight-year-old Anne, let's see, I was living outside of Detroit, playing with Barbies. I was very into Barbies, which is really funny because I haven't even seen the Barbie movie. I'm not into that at all anymore. <laughs> but but I, I think what I loved about Barbie and playing that with my friends and stuff was like the creation of mm. an imaginary life. Yeah. Um, and that's something like I see my son do it now with Minecraft. Like that's sort of when you create these worlds. And um, mm-hmm. so that was always something I was always imagining. Um, I was never a kid that was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. It's really strange because for all the businesses that I run and all the things I do, some people are not going to like that I say this. I have no plans. Like I've never <laughs> been a planner. I, I, and I don't have a five-year plan. I don't mm-hmm. have like, I, you know, I, my plan is always, um, here's what life is presenting me. Let's give this a try. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it works and sometimes, well, it always works. It's just sometimes mm-hmm. I learn from it and have to move on and other times keeps going. Like that's honestly yeah. how I've always been. So what would eight-year-old, eight-year-old Anne would be like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how fun that you're doing all this stuff, Anne. And yeah, I think that she would, um, she definitely would have approved of all the animals that I have. I, mm-hmm. I am very much living out eight-year-old Anne's like, there was a period of time where I wanted to be a veterinarian mm-hmm. until I realized that you have to be the one that puts the animals down and then I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wait, you deal with the sick ones? Never mind. No, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. But no, I think that she would be very happy and excited with how things are going. <laughs> well, I got to meet you on a wine tasting fundraiser through an eco-preserve. Yeah. Which was one of the most interesting, unique things I've done probably this summer. And you were there representing Watson Vineyards, mm-hmm. which from my understanding, when we talked then, that was your husband's business that you've chosen to keep going. Exactly. Yeah. So d- did you move to Fallbrook because that was his business already? Or did you guys no. decide to do that together? <laughs> that's a whole, it, that's so funny. What a great question. Um, <laughs> No, so the impetus for moving to Fallbrook, prior to this, we lived in Orange County, up in Orange County, California, in Santa Ana. We had a Mm -hmm. little bungalow house, right? Like, not far from downtown. It was a very urban setting. And it worked great when it was just the two of us um, and our dogs. Uh, But then we brought our son home in 2013 um, to that little house in an urban setting and went, oh my, this this (laughs) might not be the most peaceful place to raise a child. 
Um, and, and frankly, it all came to a head when, um, oh, this is terrible. There was literally a gang brawl on our front lawn. And it was like lockdown, helicopters overhead. And I'm like in the back room with our baby and my husband. And we're like, okay, we can't do it. Like, this, yeah. this is crazy. So um, my husband was English and uh, grew up on a farm in England and always kind of had like a rural background. And we also mm-hmm. both um, rode motorcycles together. Yeah. <laughs> Very, again, another thing I tried. Um, and it was pretty fun. Um, so we wanted to be out somewhere where we could ride our bikes and we could have lots of great riding roads nearby, safe environment for child. And it was just crazy. And, um, so my son was born in October, 2013. And then by June of 2014, um, when he was just a little over six months old, a friend of ours had a wedding out here Mm -hmm. in Vista, not far from us. Mm -hmm. We went to the wedding and that was in June. We were like, this area is amazing. And yeah. the following week, I remember I called a realtor. I was like, show us some places. And he said, give me your wish list. This was the first place we saw. We put in an offer and we were moved in by August. So it was, again, this is how I live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just my gut just and Tim's. Mm-hmm. We were both like, oh, no, this is definitely where we're living. And when we bought the property, it had a defunct avocado grove with a bunch of root rot and stuff. And so we knew we were going to have to do something to clear the land. And we explored a few options. We looked at putting in some citrus trees or something like that. Um, But basically we knew that like by moving out here, um, we were going to be self-employed. And I already was, uh, you know, being a food photographer. Um, That was my main thing. And so really it was like, okay, I'm going to continue doing that. Tim, what are you going to do? And it was like, well, let's use the land to do something. Mm -hmm. And we ended up finding grapes. That was what we decided to put in. It's really funny. My husband never even drank wine. It wasn't even his thing. Like he was a beer yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so for him, it was very much about the farming mm-hmm. and the grapes and the vines themselves and like the land. And oh God, he kept it so immaculate. I try my best to do as well as he did, but goodness, <laughs> he was incredible at it. Um, yeah. And it, and then we sort of connected with the local winery and the winemaker there is this amazing person named Ewan Parker. And he has just done such a tremendous job of transforming our fruit into beautiful wines. And yeah, next thing we knew, we had a wine label and it was like, oh, OK, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so when when Tim passed, I did. I kind of entered this stage where it was like, well, what do I do? Because I know for sure I don't want to ever move like this. Yeah. Is- my home. And I mean, the vineyard is so sacred to us that like, I even scattered half of his ashes there. I mean, it's very, very special. So I wanted to stay here. I don't know. So I just thought, what the heck, I'll give this a try for a while. We'll see how it goes. And that's what I'm doing is I'm in the middle of it right now going, let's see how this goes. I'm having fun with it. I'm not gonna, not gonna stress and just, yeah, there's no five-year plan. And right now I get to meet lovely people like yourself. And that's what it's about for me. Yeah. yeah. As a business coach and consultant, you do not need a plan. I love you. You just don't. No. It, 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 it never goes me... according to plan anyways. <laughs> no, you like, you really need micro plans. Like, yes. How yes. do we execute this thing right now? How do we test mm-hmm. it? How do we confirm it's working? So many people jump into mm-hmm. these big plans and they're yes. so worried about, Things picture. that don't actually move it forward mm-hmm. because 
a business and a hobby have the same steps. One you give money to, one you make money from. Like they're not, there you go. it's all the same, but people aren't focused enough on, does anybody want to buy this or pay me for this? Then it becomes a decision tree of like, yes, no, yes, no. And you keep making choices as you go. So my approach to business is very similar to how you've been doing it of awesome. It like I have a poster that I can see right now that says, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Amen, sister. Yes, that's the way. Yes. Especially when you can make money doing what's fun. (laughs) Thank you. you. And what, and what you're passionate about i'm like yes if something starts feeling soul sucking to me yeah i'm done like Mm -hmm. no and that can include a client like Mm -hmm. i've learned to break up nicely with clients even if the best paying client i have it's not Mm -hmm. worth it it's just not like and i know that it's so weird because there's something definitely okay Yes, there is the practicality of this small thing called money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is extremely important <laughs> and can be extremely stressful. And I have, you know, just to be extremely vulnerable, I can say that um, financial uh, worry is yeah. something that has plagued me my entire life. Like, I just have always been so, like, I started a savings account when I was eight. You know what I Like, yeah. I was that person. So I've very much been a, a saver. And uh, um, I'm trying to be as savvy as I can with mm-hmm. my finances. But I think what I keep learning, and this is where my yoga practice, frankly, has helped me a great deal. And also the loss of my husband helped me, mm-hmm. which sounds bizarre, but um, is that, again, even with finances, like there will be a natural ebb and flow and there will be periods of influx and outflux. Like it's just going to happen. And I think that panicking during the moments when it's not all coming Mm -hmm. in and ah, jumping ship and freaking out and whatever, worst case scenarioing, that is something that I have definitely worked on, um, there's literally a practice that I uh, believe in firmly, like, again, as a yogini, um, that you detach from results, that it becomes more mm-hmm. about like, let's work because this is my dharma. This is what I am meant yeah. to do. And this is what I am passionate about. This is the right action to take right right now. Like, I can't yeah. decide or even know what that outcome is going to be. It's actually not even up to me because there's about like 5 yeah. million uh things, the, you know, factors that are going to play into the outcome. So I can take the right action and then work with whatever outcome there is. Mm-hmm. That's something I've very much been um, learning firsthand. And sometimes it's a really awful, scary feeling, you know, <laughs> and I would lie if I said there weren't even recent times. I mean, everybody's going through a really hard time right now. I've probably, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's not just me, you know, with the big inflation and you're um, dealing with like sales, maybe trickling off and we're getting into the holidays and it's, it can be daunting. And Mm -hmm. there are feelings, the word that I always use is dread. I get this, like, (gasps) like I'll wake up with a dread. Oh gosh. What if this, what if that, Oh, like, this is where I'm really grateful for a daily meditation Mm -hmm. practice. (laughs) And, um, yeah, to just come back to like, I have everything Mm -hmm. I need right now. Yeah and take the right action like you're saying micro steps like do the right action moving forward keep moving forward 
-hmm. and then work with the results that you're given. Yeah. Instead of trying to control every result because it's never going to turn it out. Anyway. <laughs> no, you can't. And like there's, there's um, your energy when trying to manifest the sale mm. or the client or the abundance. It, you know, when you're just creating from a place of like, of joy or ease and flow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus when you're creating from a place of like, I have to like. Desperation. When, yes. The, yeah. And when everything is tense, it's not. It's not going to work. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. I, I think it, the desperation is never a good place to be. And, or, um, like I said, that feeling, well, your post-it note, you know, when it's mm -hmm. not bringing any joy to you whatsoever, and it feels like yeah. it's dreaded chore. Yeah. Oh, like you're just <laughs> completely fighting it. And yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I work with a lot of creatives and, and that when I say creative, I just mean anyone who's like wants to be thriving and doing what they love. Cause there's mm. always a creative passion of some kind. It doesn't have to be little art though. I do work with artists. Um, and there's of course for creative people, there's usually a longer list of things that don't bring them joy in the business space. <laughs> so we have to put into practice some things of like, okay, this doesn't bring you right. joy, but if you don't do it, someone does. So how do we, Right. automate it, delegate it, or delete it because I love someone has to pay the bills. So let's set up your auto pay. There does need to <laughs> be a budget. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely fall into that creative category because there is a lot mm -hmm. of that, what I call mundane stuff that I'm like, oh, the mm -hmm. business stuff. And I am extremely blessed that I have, I have two brothers. Um, they're identical twins. They're younger than I am, about almost five years younger than I am. Both of them um, are in business. One's an entrepreneur and he actually owns coffee shops in um, Orange County, awesome. Bear Coast Coffee. Um, give him a little plug there. But uh, <laughs> my my other brother, um, so that's Jeff who lives in Orange County. My other brother, Trevor, he lives up in Fresno and he um, has his MBA, mm -hmm. worked for years in finance. And oh my gosh, I can't tell you. Like I... How many times I have called him crying. And the poor yeah. man, if he had a nickel, he'd be a billionaire. Because seriously, <laughs> I'm always like, Trevor, help me. I don't even know. And he's like, bring it back. And he's mm -hmm. helped me see it. This, I'm like, I say this for any creatives out there because I dreaded like getting my budget on a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. First of all, those, okay, budget and spreadsheet. Those two words, I'm like, ah, like my whole soul <laughs> recoils. But, um, he helped me see it as a game. He's like, and yes, it is a game. Like, it's okay to have some fun with this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, you might think, oh, I can't make that payment. Yes, you can. How can you do it? Like everything mm -hmm. is possible. And I think also what he taught me was that once I can, because I'm a visual creative, he's like, once yeah. you're seeing it, you're mm -hmm. going to feel so much calmer. Because yes. right now it's all up in here just going, I need to make money, but there's not like an exact amount. There's not sort yeah. of a target. There's nothing. And so it's just this nebulous thing that feels daunting and huge. Mm -hmm. Where it's like when I see it in front of me, yes, it's in a spreadsheet, but now it's a game. And it's yes. like, okay, I can do. And it makes it manageable, fun, and a lot less stressful. So yeah, it's just getting over that hurdle of like the resistance to doing the <laughs> doing the finance, doing the mundane. I know. Yeah. It's hard. No, it's, it's, I am take pride in converting people to enjoying spreadsheets because nice. 
It shows you things. And then I think people forget that when you write down where your money is going, you get to be like, I don't like where it's going. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to make another sales call to cover that expense that I don't care about. <laughs> totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was it too, is that when I finally wrote everything down, I was like, oh, kind of appalled in some ways of like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I spent how much on Starbucks? Yeah. Like that kind of yeah. stuff that just, uh, I always let free flow and whatever, and then would stress out because I suddenly, oh God, how do I pay this invoice? And it's like, now I feel very well, there is a control thing there too, that like, mm-hmm. you know, it helps you feel more in control and a lot less yeah. spirally. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's definitely some, the game thing for me was very important mm-hmm. to make it fun. And it didn't yeah. have to be, I don't know, it, 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 daunting. Yeah. Where did, is it, and correct me if I'm saying the, the business name wrong, is it Watson Wellness? Yeah, yeah. Where okay, where did that come from? How did you fall into that? How does it fit into you as a human? Oh, goodness, that's another great question. So um it's really funny because I actually asked myself that question quite a lot um over the course of last year. Like 2022 was a year where like my website as it is now, um, annwatson.com became those three doorways. Mm-hmm. I always struggled because I was like, okay, Watson Ranch Vineyards. And Watson content development, Watson wellness. How do these three things even remotely go together? And then it was great because I have a really wonderful um, woman who I work with on branding. And she was like, Anne, it's you. Like you are how they all go together. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's right. Anne Watson, that's what it is. It's that I am the umbrella. So that helped me kind of like come to grips with how a Reiki master. So Reiki is like a Japanese form of... Um, it's, it's a complementary therapy. It's a form of relaxation technique that allows your body to get into such a like subtle state that it, mm-hmm. it opens up your energy and it allows your body's innate ability to heal itself take place. And so it's really, it's so beautiful. I um, love it. Have you been to a Reiki practitioner? Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm okay. already writing down, when can I go work with Anne? <laughs> yes, please. Honestly, <laughs> this is what I'm like, of the three businesses, I will mm-hmm. say Watson Wellness is the one that I, ooh, talk about sparking joy. Like I just, it, I am so passionate about it because mm-hmm. it has helped me tremendously personally, but also friends, family, and now like client base that's growing. And it's just so beautiful to see. Anyway, so um, how did it come about? Um, again, another thing that um, I am grateful to my husband's cancer journey for, that it really happened when he was diagnosed um, in 2019. Um, his story, just in a very brief nutshell, was that um, he had not been feeling well for a while. And I was like, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. And he was a typical man of like, no, I don't do doctors. I don't want to. Anyways, but unfortunately, by the time he did go see the doctor, um, he was very, very sick. Um, he was diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer that was no longer in his stomach. It had spread everywhere. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, the, one of the most significant things was a grapefruit-sized tumor on his liver. I mean, he was very ill. It was in his lungs. And anyways. Um, and so unfortunately, when they diagnosed him, literally, they gave him the, the doctor was like, you are so sick that if we don't admit you to the ICU and give you emergency chemotherapy now, um, you will pretend you probably have days to live, maybe a couple of weeks. It's like, holy smokes. Um, so 
that was that's, extremely heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's being hit with a Mack truck with information. Big mm-hmm. time. It was, mm-hmm. I will never forget being in that, um, what do you call that? Treatment, right? Well, I want to call it a treatment room because I'm thinking of a radio <laughs> practitioner, but the, oh gosh, what is that called? Where you are when you see the doctor. Their doctor's office, the, the doctor's room. Office. The, but it's the yeah. little, it's like you're in that like room with the table and the computer yeah. and what, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave him his diagnosis. And I'm telling you, Kara, the floor fell out. Like I like mm-hmm. felt my guts yeah. fall out. Like it was like every bit of stability in my life fell away. Like it was, mm-hmm. and it was that was the beginning of what I would call the dark night of my soul, where it was like, I thought I knew what I was doing. And I thought we had a plan. And I thought we mm-hmm. had this, um, yeah, this life. And then in that moment, it was like, because then he said, and then we'll give you chemo. And that hopefully should buy you up to a year. So it was like, no matter what, you're dying yeah. this year it was like kind of the prognosis. Mm-hmm. And my husband, of course, he was like, I say, of course, because people who know him, he was just so like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, he was just so like, no, I'm fine. Like, don't, yeah. and I'm like, no, you don't understand. And the doctor went away, gave us a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening? And Tim was just so stoic. He was so English. Mm-hmm. And he was just sort of like, I know that's what he says, but no, that's I, no. I don't do this. This I'm not dying today. No, that's, you know, it was just so funny. He didn't cry. He wasn't, it was just very practical about it. And, uh, where I was a freaking mess and, um, they admitted him and the long story short of it, I will make it very short now is that, um, miraculously the chemotherapy that they gave him did, um, work. And I think I attribute a lot of it, frankly, to his mentality where he was like, Nope, not dying today. Go ahead. Give me what you need. And I'm fine. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was beautiful. But once we kind of came home, it was like, oh my goodness, what are, well, like, I just, I bet, I think I've said this before, but like, uh, it's like a boat being capsized that you've, it's Mm -hmm. like, you're you're sailing along smooth sailing and then the whole ship just gets dumped in the ocean and you're just like Mm -hmm. flailing around and you can't even grab onto the boat. The boat's gone. Like, it's just, what the and so we spent the next, um, it was beautiful. We were gifted 18 months together, actually, is how long mm-hmm. um, he ended up living with us uh, with this cancer. And it was an unbelievably transformative, beautiful time because, well, first of all, it, it brought us closer together than ever before. Mm-hmm. It taught us both to appreciate this moment that we have and this, mm-hmm. like, I, I appreciate life more than I could possibly fathom. Mm -hmm. Eight-year-old Anne has no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Put it that way. Um, And during this, so to get back to your question, during this time, um, I I felt this sort of calling is all Mm -hmm. I could describe it as. I had this awakening and a calling towards healing. I wanted to help him. And I'm like, I'm clearly being put in this position to help him somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes, food and nutrition, and that was that was doing some of it. But he was a stubborn man. That he was a meat and potatoes man through and through. And like, no matter what I was trying, you know, yeah. he wouldn't touch kale with a ten foot pole. So it yeah. was not going to happen. Like, like healing through food was not happening. So what could I do? And um, I found Reiki, and mm-hmm. so it became. I learned Reiki. I became attuned to Reiki with the initial um, 
thought of just, just for him. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just here for him. And then it was so amazing because this was a man who, again, like stoic English, very like not brick wall. Um, It broke him down a little bit in the most beautiful way to where he started asking for Reiki. He was like, Mm -hmm. he wasn't spiritual, but he was always very like, I feel something and this is very soothing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I honestly do attribute the Reiki session. We, I gave him Reiki nightly, um, Mm -hmm. and in the hospital, whenever he was in the hospital, all the, like every chemo treatment, I sent Reiki to his like pump to every, you know, the drugs themselves, all of it. And honestly, I know that it, it helped with prolonging Mm -hmm. his, uh, his material life here. So yeah, it was that that brought me to Reiki. And then when he was dying, once he kind of finally accepted, like, okay, I'm this time's up. Um, it was so beautiful because it was like two months before he died. He um, took me, we went shopping for sheds. <laughs> it was, and it's literally a shed it, that I have, but it's a glorified shed that's been a, a shed conversion. And it's this beautiful mm-hmm. healing space. It's all you know, lined in cedar. And he was like, mm-hmm. what you've been doing for me I want you to do this for others, please. Like you need. How to. beautiful, it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. it's, and so now I do. I give it to my son daily, myself. But then, yeah, I've just felt this calling to bring light and and healing and peace to, especially right now. My gosh, yes, <laughs> this world man needs it mm-hmm. more than ever. And mm-hmm. so, if I can even just again micro one person at yeah. a time, I'm not looking to like go do mass healings on, you know, entire groups of people. It's more just like one person at a time who needs some Mm -hmm. peace in their life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add a big yet to your mass healing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yet. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I'm just imagining you in the same stadium that Metallica is at doing mass healing now. (laughs) There you go. Well, you know what's so cool? It's really, so it's funny you say that. My son is such an enigma. He's so interesting. He's a very old soul and um, obviously has been through a tremendous amount for such a young age, you know, to yeah. have not only, oh gracious, like the stuff that poor kid has been through. Cause he not only did his dad get diagnosed with terminal cancer and that was in August of 2019, then the pandemic hits, you know, mm-hmm. six months later, he's having to be homeschooled and not see anyone, like no friends, yeah. no interaction, just literally locked in a house with his mom and his dad, his dad going through chemo. Oh, it was just, and dying, you know? And and yeah. and then literally it was like that period was so intense. Um, it like feels like one long day. It's so hard to describe. But that once Tim left his body in February of 2021, I feel like it I don't it was deeply transformative for Russell in that I mean on a lot of levels but he sees things differently mm-hmm. than not only most kids but frankly most humans. <laughs> yes. And he he sees people as a soul. He he always mm-hmm. talks about people like oh that soul or this soul. It's very cool how he just does this. And the mm-hmm. other day we were coming home from School of Rock and he's in a Van Halen cover band right now, which I absolutely love. Love it. <laughs> and so he was love at it. Van Halen practice. And on the <laughs> way home, he was like, Mom, I'm going to heal people with my music. Like, he just, like, comes out with this. I'm like, oh. 
And of course, there's some like Bill and Ted's references we can make here, but I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going there. But but truly, I was like, okay, this is like a cool moment. So I'm trying to like keep my poker face. I'm like, what do you mean, buddy? And he's like, so here's the thing, mom, is that most people go to rock concerts because they're really angry. He's like, but there's no reason why you can't play the same kind of vibration. I was like, what? The same kind of vibration, Mm -hmm. but with a healing message. And I was like, well, okay, kiddo. Thank you, Yoda (laughs) child. (laughs) I'm like, how do I? I I came and like wrote it down in my journal as I was like, I can't believe my child just said this. But he was like, honestly, mom, I think that's kind of what people are looking for even when they're going. Because I think he is, you know, like he's going to these mm-hmm. shows, like wanting healing. And it's been really yeah. quite cool. And part of why I like Metallica and taking him there is that like, these are people who have been through some stuff in their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, James Hetfield's been in recovery, goodness knows how many times. And to hear even like, it's interesting, some of their songs that are like darker, like fade to black, it's like all about suicide Mm -hmm. and stuff at the end, or even in the middle of those songs. Now, when they're playing them, they'll pause and like the lead singer, you know, James is saying like, this song's about suicide. You're never alone. Make sure you're talking to your friends. You know, I'm like, this is so cool. I feel like we're just in this period of like awakening mm-hmm. in a different way that it's not just sex drugs and rock and roll that it's yeah. actually like so much more than that it's <laughs> so much deeper and it's like you don't need the sex or the drugs it's the rock and roll and some like awakening <laughs> yes well i just listened to lars the drummer oh, really? yeah on the smartless podcast oh uh, great podcast highly recommend it but yeah. his interview was so interesting i had no idea he was from denmark or he used to, he was yeah. trying to be a tennis pro yeah that's so in corona del mar high school yes so like, random. right here yeah <laughs> but i think of all the there's so many um musicians who have made it way past when rock and roll bands have ever made it before. I mean, just look at Rolling Stones, right? Oh my gosh, yes. The setting of record. bunny of bands, yes. Right, but like everyone mm. knows that if you're going to perform anything, whatever mm. your t- your gift is, if you're going to perform it at the highest level, yep. you have to take care of yourself. Like they are now doing green juices. They now yes. have Pelotons backstage. Yes. Like yes. It's, it's become a thing of like, if I want to keep doing what I love, I can't destroy myself at the same time. Totally. And- it's so interesting to see this shift. I mean, I used to work in mm. skateboarding and action sports and oh, gosh, to see the transition, mm. I was right on the tail end of like the party phase of it because so many uh, of those athletes are sober. So many of them oh, are many. doing mm-hmm. um, all the energy healing, going to yoga, they've been, turned into artists. Like it's so, so cool. <laughs> and like, it's just, <sighs> it's, it's a completely different expectation, yes. I think, of what where it could have gone because they saw their heroes doing it the wrong way and were like, we're not gonna no, nope, we can do be it better. Dead when I'm 25. Exactly. Right. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like literally, that's what absolutely. Yeah. And I think also it's so cool to see some of these m- musicians and or, you know, uh athletes who have also <laughs> miraculously, frankly, made it to this later stage in life. Mm -hmm. And they now have the perspective that age brings and they are oftentimes parents themselves. Yes. And I find that like, yeah, it's, 
this is, it's so funny because a lot of people are like, I can't believe you would take him to a Metallica show. I'm like, you have no idea. This is not a Metallica <laughs> show of like 1991. Like this is right. <laughs> totally different. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and yes, there is still a CD underbelly wherever you go. Like it doesn't, but yeah. I feel like the general, um, oh, I love hearing that about the skateboarding community too. That's so cool. Cause that, that's what I'm seeing. And this is what I'm yeah. so excited about is I'm like another reason why I'm like pushing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Whatever you, if you want this, yeah, you're being raised in a home. I believe enough in what I'm teaching him and how he sees me, um, yeah. and the values that he has. That like, get in there. Like, I'd rather mm-hmm. you be in there and and change the trajectory than yeah. be fearful that you're going to become a statistic mm-hmm. of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's so especially cool. when the statistics are changing so rapidly. Yeah, um, and yes. I think it's also because. I remember when I was growing up, like there was so much pressure to like pick a side. Like you could mm-hmm. either be into uh, punk rock or rock music, or you right. can be into hip hop. Right. Or, like you couldn't do both. And I was always like, why? why? Like I like both. Mm-hmm. There's they actually influence each other so much. So mm-hmm. I think that there's there's more people who are just just like your website being like I'm all these things, and mm-hmm. they don't. We can pick and choose what we like from all of them, and it doesn't have to be just the sex, drugs, and rock and roll component. I'm going to take the rock and roll. I'm going to take the yoga. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I also think whenever I see someone wearing like a Misfits t-shirt, I'm like, do you need a hug? (laughs) (laughs) Like they always needed a hug. Do you need a hug? (laughs) Yeah. Just a hug. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. A little Reiki, a little healing. Yes. Yeah. But that's Mm -hmm. ultimately, honestly, you hit the nail on the head because that is what we, I, I have come to find through, again, all the reading and practice and everything and, and sort of the path of yoga. I, I follow a path of yoga called bhakti and bhakti okay. is the path of love and devotion. And literally that like, you're just devoted to love. Like you're devoted mm-hmm. to loving every living creature, every living being. And you can see, I do use the word God. I see God everywhere, but God you yeah. know, put whatever word you want in there. I don't mm-hmm. care. makes no difference mm-hmm. to me, but I definitely, um, so I follow Bhakti and that what I find is that that the reason why I follow that is that honestly, when you boil everything down and what I witnessed again, not to like bang on about this, but like when I witnessed my, my husband leave his body, Um, cause I got to be there like when he, when he left his body and I put it that way because I firsthand witnessed and anyone who has witnessed someone died probably has experienced this as well, that, um, we aren't our body. We, Mm -hmm. we we occupy this body, but we aren't our, the body, the body is a, is a vehicle, is a thing that's carrying us through this life, but that ultimately the, the soul is who we are and that that soul is made out of love. Like it is literally Mm -hmm. made out of loving energy. And so of course the thing we crave and why we wear a Misfits t-shirt is because we want love. Like you want, we are seeking love. And that I think that like we, we do a lot of things in our life, including sex and drugs, including, you know, drinking or whatever it might be. Um, Oh, overeating. Who knows? I mean, there's a gazillion things that people, Mm -hmm. you know, grasp onto. Again, mm-hmm. when their boat capsizes, it's like, what can I do to fill this void? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what I've found is literally there is no other answer 
than love. And that sounds so like mm -hmm. hippy dippy, you know, I'm like going to no. sing with the Beatles now. But like, it is so true, though. It's so mm -hmm. true that you and this is why. Yeah, OK, maybe if I were to do healing on a mass scale, it would literally just be so that everyone that is feeling such deep sadness, anger, um, frustration, those are mm -hmm. all secondary emotions, like it's especially anger. Yeah. Anger is not a primary emotion. Anger is a result of deep pain. Like, mm -hmm. and so that's what, when I seek um, to help people, when I have clients mm -hmm. coming, we spend at least a half an hour before we even go into my healing space, just talking mm -hmm. so I can hear. I'm like, what's yeah. happening with you? Let's get that up and out. And like, what do I need to send healing to today? Yep. I'm not going to just send it to your hip that's hurting. Your hip is right. hurting because you're carrying around a pain that you're feeling mm -hmm. emotionally. And we're all interconnected mm -hmm. beings like this that are not just machines. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> and it brings me so much joy that modern science is yeah. validating all of it. Right? <laughs> Incredible. And it's, mm -hmm. yes, and it makes me smile because this is like, again, I studied the Vedas and Vedic knowledge and it's yeah. like, these are things that the yogis were talking about thousands yeah. of years ago, you know, atomic particles. And like, I love, there's a thing in yoga called a samskara, which um, is an energetic scar, an energetic mark mm -hmm. that you carry with you um, based on like an experience and emotion, mm -hmm. or you can even inherit it from um, past lives or from your parents. Anyways, all this stuff. So samskara. And I'm like, yes, this is what we call epigenetics now. You know, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. like, yes, but thank you. We are validating a hundred percent. And it, it's so cool. It, it Yeah. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, you're of course on the powerful ladies podcast. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what do the words powerful and ladies mean to you? And the second question is, do their definitions change or shift when they're used next to each other? A very uh, deep question. <laughs> it's really interesting. So for me, I'm just going to shoot from the hip here. Um, the word powerful to me, um, I think I can best describe it by how I would see it embodied. I, I, it's hard for me to define, mm -hmm. but if I were to describe um, what I'm going to actually say, what does a powerful lady look like to me? Mm -hmm. um, some of the words that I would use actually initially would be humble, um, wise. Mm -hmm. This is going to sound strange, but I'll say it anyways. Quiet. And I don't mean quiet in like meek. Yeah. No. But I think um, not quick to react, but instead a powerful lady responds. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? We don't react, we That's respond. Powerful. Mm -hmm. um, that we don't have to be run by external forces. But mm -hmm. like, to me, being powerful is seeing that your power is already in you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to seek external validation. There will never be enough of that if that's what you're seeking. 
You don't need to seek um, external direction. If that makes like ex- yeah. external approval or direction, like someone else is never going to be able to tell a powerful lady where she's headed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because her compass is an inner compass. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting. Okay, so powerful, I guess those are a lot of words that I would use to describe powerful is inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, is how I say powerful. Lady, gosh, that is a really complex subject. <laughs> yeah. just, it really is. It's such a oh, wow. This is why I find this question so interesting. It it's, is. Been, it's such a variety of responses. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'll give it to a, a psych expert one day to really evaluate everyone's answers but yeah because see to me Mm -hmm. like the minute you say lady i actually don't go straight to like a physical embodiment and perhaps again this might be because i've been hanging out with my kid who talks about souls so much yeah but i believe that like our souls don't have a gender Mm -hmm. and so the description of what a, a lady would be is someone who embodies grace, again, humility, wisdom, poise. These are ladylike attributes, but they don't have to mm-hmm. be in a woman embodiment. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So to be a powerful lady would be to be a wise soul. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the reason why someone like Jonathan Van Ness is on my list of guests. Beautiful. Because I, I think he fits the definition that you just created. Or they Wise. just, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, there's so much complexity. And mm. since I think also 2016, there's a lot more color around that word and who gets to use it and who does it and who wants to and who doesn't Mm -hmm. it's there's Mm -hmm. been many conversations about it (laughs) internally on our team and then externally i bet Um, yeah because it could probably be triggering for some people too yeah 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 Yeah. there's yeah there's been two people i can remember in particular Mm. uh, one of whom has not been on the podcast was what was participating in an in-person event Mm -hmm. that was really triggered by the Mm. word Hmm. and hmm. almost didn't want to be part of the event because they were like, Ugh. I'm like, well, maybe that's why you should be part of the event. Right. Right. And it actually became a really amazing event. That, mm-hmm. that which we resist <laughs> is meant exactly. to teach us. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I have some rapid fire questions to wrap us up for today. Cool. The first one is where do you put yourself on the powerful lady scale? If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where do you put yourself today and on an average day? Um, I would say that if that's, I have two answers to that quick fire. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because again, on a physical level, I would put myself, you know, maybe even a, I'd want to say a zero, definitely not a zero. <laughs> But, you know, like scatterbrained, um, running amok, losing my patience, being a human being. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a five. I'm an average physical 
powerful lady, but on a spiritual level, I'm an 11. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. There we go. Um, for everybody who wants to find you, follow you, support you, where can they do all of those things? Um, thank you. I would love to connect with the, the, the place where I think I probably post the most and interact the most is on Instagram. And mm-hmm. um, you can find me there at the Anne Watson. And it's Anne with an E. Um, so the Anne Watson is my handle on Instagram, but you can also go to annwatson.com. And that's the website where you'll find those three doorways into the three businesses that I run. And um, I would love to connect with people at events, especially things that I, I'm going to be doing yeah. something actually in Orange County in a few weeks. So yeah, those are Perfect. the two best places. And then what are you excited about for either wrapping up this year or kicking off 2024? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> on a personal level, I'm really excited to go see Metallica next week. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapping up the 2023 touring season that way. Um, but yeah, I would say on a personal and professional level that I am most excited to wrap up um, the 2023 growing season for wine. It has been a tremendously challenging year as a farmer. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to taking a deep breath after that and uh, getting to enjoy some holiday time with my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the last question for today is Mm -hmm. how can we help you? What do you need? What do you want? What are you manifesting? What can we put out to Mm -hmm. this community of powerful ladies? Um, Could be small, could be big, could be something that we have no idea how to work on, but this is a pretty powerful group. (laughs) I love I love that. And I welcome and am honored by any support. Um, in all seriousness, I guess it sort of ties into the last question. I didn't say what I would love to see moving forward is I would love to see my Reiki business grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to extend healing. And so I would love to manifest more clients. I would love to yes. see more people. I would love to help more people in that healing space. Um, and then also connected to me through a virtual umbilical cord. I would love to support my child's dream. I'd love mm-hmm. to see his music grow. It's making me emotional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, I, I know for me, I get emotional when I'm speaking the, the deepest truths. That's that we it. Can I'm say. like, wow. I, I just see mm-hmm. him um, as an extension of the healing that I'm trying to offer. Mm-hmm. I see him being the one that does it on that bigger scale. And yeah. he's just, I know every parent is supposed to feel like this about their kid, right? <laughs> My kid's amazing. But oh, the stuff that that boy has seen in his life and the fact that he is so positive and mm-hmm. so grounded and so kind is giving me hope for mm-hmm the future of this planet, literally. Yeah. So yeah, I'd yeah. like to see that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a fun game, I think, for all of us to play. <laughs> Both of those. More Reiki clients for you and making all of Russell's music dreams happen. Um, yes. We can all get behind those things. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a yes and sharing your story and your wisdom with all of us today. Um, 
It has been such a pleasure to hang out with you. I've made a list of all the ways I want to hang out with you more. <laughs> Good. And um, yeah, I just thank you for being a yes and for doing the things and for saying yes to crazy people who walk up to you at events. Too. Always, always say yes. <laughs> thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. All the links to connect with Anne, Watson Ranch Vineyards, Watson Wellness, or Anne Watson Content Development are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And if you can, leave us a rating and review. Join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And to connect with me directly, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.